come on, it's Christmas. You guys ought to be happier than this. You're like, some of, some of you are wondering, what in the world are you wearing that shirt for? And I have thought about it deep and hard, you know, and I thought, this shirt is obscenely appropriate for this season. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that. We had an incredible time right here uh, on, on Friday night with all of the foster families from our community and many of those of those kids, and I had the good pleasure of turning the crowd into a choir. No, I'm not going to do that this morning. Not going to do that. Not going to do that this morning. Um, <laughs> some people are clapping that I'm not going to do that because she heard some of you sing then. All right. No, it's great. It was absolutely a blast. Uh, what a time of loving on the community. I want to th- just say again, special thank you to everybody here who was a part of that outreach. It's wild that, that we get to minister uh, to, you know, somewhere about 70% of all the foster kids in Citrus County were here in this room. That's wild to think about. And uh, that's an open door that God has given to us, a clear sign that God wants us ministering to the next generation. And uh, this morning, uh, we, I have a message for you called Following the Signs. If you had been here on Wednesday night, it was the message that I didn't get to give because God was giving us signs about how to follow him and flow. And so if you got your Bible, go to Matthew chapter 2, Matthew chapter 2. We're going to go there uh, today together, Matthew chapter 2. But just in case, you know, some of you came melancholy. I love it when someone on the front row, before any joke, snorts. That's awesome. All right. All right. I'm just going to help some of you who's just decided that melancholy is your way of life. I'm just going to help encourage you, kind of get you in the Christmas spirit. All right. All right. Are you ready? Are you ready? Okay. Um, what was the Christmas tree? Who's the Christmas tree's favorite singer. Are you you ready? Christmas tree's favorite singer, Spruce Springsteen. (laughs) Not, Not Santa, not Santa. Santa, it's Elvish Presley. Okay, I've got some others. I've got some others. All right. Um, Speaking of singing, Oh, what is a vegan's favorite Christmas carol? Soy to the world. I knew you'd like that one. I knew you'd like that one. Vegans are like, wow, I love that. Well, you know, I, I've, got, I've got another one just in case, you know, you're not quite there yet. Okay, you know, uh, what did the wise men say when they brought Jesus golden frankincense? What, what, what did they say when they brought golden frankincense? Wait, there's myrrh. That's good, right? That's good. All right. Some of you can use that. All right. Hey, we're going to have a blast in here. There's a real, there's a real spirit that, that I believe God wants all of us to encounter. We're going to look at actually at that story of the wise men. It's a great story of, of men who followed signs. 
Men who followed signs. And I, I actually believe that, as we heard on Wednesday night, that God is giving many signs right now, indicators of his love and power and his grace. We heard stories of people following signs to lay hands on people who were terminally ill with cancer. They followed the signs, laid hands on them. A month later, they came back after doctor verified no more cancer in their body. Listen, we heard stories of, of, of people following the signs, listen, into the classroom and God transforming the lives of fourth grade students, God healing in the classroom, healing in the classroom, saving in the classroom. Guys, there are signs all around. Some of you followed signs here. Hopefully you didn't ignore the speed limit signs on the way. By the way, I, 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 I love signs. I love signs. My, my favorite signs, whenever I'm out shopping, this is true for every man, every man, your favorite sign is not 70% off. It's not even uh, the hunting section. Your favorite sign, I know what it is for every man, restroom. I know, that's the favorite sign of every man, isn't it true? All the women are nodding, yes it is. That's where you'll find them at some point. I just want you not... Some of you are elbowing. This got, I just got way too personal in that moment. <laughs> some, some wives are like, is that where he goes? Uh, no, I, I, actually, I actually believe that in this season, sometimes the church checks out from being in tune with God as he's giving us signs and indicators. What we do is we, we stop following God's signs and so we just jump into cultural Christmas. We just jump into our busyness and our spending and we jump into to things that actually rob us of an awareness of a movement of God. But I, I think God's given us an assignment as a church to follow his signs. And in case you didn't know, the Christmas story, it's filled with the supernatural. As we, as we heard last week, and hopefully you, you should go back and listen to that message. And matter of fact, you should go back and listen to the testimonies from our first Wednesday service. Absolutely incredible. And I want to encourage you through this common story that I think most of you have heard of, of the Magi, and we'll read it together, that there are signs that lead us into encounters with God that should produce results in our life, should produce something in our life. Now... Let's look at Matthew chapter 2. We'll start in verse 1 together. Wonderful story connected to our Christmas season. It says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi came from the east. They came to Jerusalem and asked, Where's the one who's been born king of the Jews? We saw his star, and when it rose, we have come, and we have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed. And all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. 
He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to, him, to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star uh, they had seen, when it rose ahead of them, until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. And on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Now, a couple of things connected to this. I know uh, lots of you uh, in this place, you've just brought out your nativity set, and, and there you have it. You know, you'll have shepherds in the nativity. You're, of course, you're going to have Joseph and Mary and baby Jesus in a manger. But then you also have these three wise men, okay? Now, I'm not asking you to do anything other than just to know the truth today. I just want you to understand something. The Magi were not there at the birth of Jesus. Please, don't go home and destroy the wise men, okay? Okay. As a matter of fact, around the world, many people uh, uh, revere the wise men as, uh, as a part of the Christmas story. I'm, I'm saying it's, it's integral because it's connected to the birth of Christ. They just weren't there at that moment. You say, how do you know that? Well, they came to a house. Where was Jesus born? Come on, tell me. It's in a stable of sorts. It's not in a house. At all. And here the word child, it actually it means like small child. So it took a little while. The star came up. And they begin to travel from where? The east. Far east. Some scholars believe maybe their travels even took as long as nine months. So this could be a year after the birth of Christ. Could be up to two years even, some have said. And so I, I, don't want to, I don't want to ruin your view of the Magi, but I also want you to know this. These are not Jewish guys. These are not covenant people with God. These are simply men who were astrologers. As a matter of fact, they were, they were probably even deeply connected to the pagan world which ruled the region and its far reaches. So how in the world do three guys who have no connection to the covenants, to the promises of God, to sacrifice. How do three guys end up at the feet of Jesus? Well, the answer to that is they followed the signs, but they, it is believed that they kept all prophetic words from the cultures that spoke about the stars. You see, they were astrologers, and they believed that the gods would speak to them from the heavens. And so they would look, and sometimes with anticipation, they would hear of prophets who spoke of signs in the heavens. That happened actually in Numbers 24 from a prophet named Balaam. This guy was, man, he was a little off, okay? Balaam's off. He's so off God has to speak to him through a donkey. Remember this story? And, but, and, and matter of fact, the enemies of Israel are trying to get Balaam, a prophet of God, 
trying to buy him off to say something bad about Israel so something bad will happen to Israel. And Balaam, who is messed up, he is a broken vessel. He says to these pagan people, I can only say what the living God gives me to say. But he says it to a pagan people who are writing down what he says. And listen to what this broken vessel says in Numbers 24, 17. This is fabulous. It's awesome. It's how we believe they knew to keep their eyes on the heavens when it came to a coming king. Numbers 24, 17, this is, this is Balaam. He says, I see him, but not now. I behold him, not near. A star will come out of Jacob. A scepter, a king will rise out of Israel. and He'll crush the foreheads of Moab and the skulls of all the people of Sheth. And so he is saying, he will rule and reign. He's saying, listen, there will be a star that is a sign of the coming king. So they believe, many, many scholars believe, they took this word and they knew it was coming. One day there will be a nation that rises, a king that will come, and it will be marked by a celestial sign. So if you've ever wondered, how did these guys know? It's because God told way in advance a star was coming. And a son will be born who will rule and reign. Now, you may not have a star in the heaven moment when it comes to God or when it comes to Christ. But here's what I do know. I believe even in this moment right here today, you've been getting signs from God. God's been speaking to you. God's been revealing things to you. God's, even if you feel like, man, I feel like my life is far from God. Somehow God got you here today. You followed some signs and you came into this place. Or maybe you followed some signs or somebody sharing something online and you're watching today online. You followed the signs. You don't know how God got you here, but he got you here. And, and, and let me give you this encouragement. The signs that come from God tell us, go find Jesus. He's the one that you're looking for. The, the signs, all of the things that are pointing toward the miraculous in our day, they are saying, find Jesus. All true signs, listen, they will lead you to Jesus. If they don't lead you to Jesus, you should ignore the signs. You should ignore those signs. Now, let me give you just a couple of things that I think are going to be super helpful to us. That when it comes to being a part of the, the, the greater community of, of faith in this region, I think there's some things that Christmas really helps us with. And the Christmas story. Following the signs, this is so great. It leads to great joy. We're just going to follow just a couple of, a couple of uh, verses, verses 10, 11, and 12. You find real joy when you follow the signs that God gives you. When God gives you signs and you find where they lead and you're standing in those moments, you're like, yes. 
Notice what the scripture says. Verse 10, it says, when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. By the way, I think I would be a candidate just to be joyed. These guys didn't just get joyed, they got overjoyed. There are levels to joy, I promise you. I can tell, I look at your faces every week. Some of you have varying levels of joy. Some of you are overjoyed. Some of you are in need of joy. Some of you are like, joy, what's that? I just want to tell you, when you find Jesus, you find joy. And it has, listen, this is, I love what Pastor David was, was sharing. He's saying, hey, this isn't easy to make him number one. But when you do, you'll find joy. Joy, it is, it is like you, you, you find the very reason that you were created. That's why Psalm 16, verse 11 says, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures evermore. I wonder, church, do you still believe that? That in his presence is fullness of joy. These pagan men, these men who were outside of the covenants of God, when they found an audience with Jesus, they found joy. Are any of you just glad to be in the kingdom? Yeah. I mean, aren't you just, you should be just like messed up. I mean, messed up. I mean, you ought to be so messed up. You're the kind of people that, like, you ought to kind of look like me today out in the community. Like, some of you were like offended. Why is he wearing an elf shirt to church? He needs a sport cut to cover up that man in tights. I tell you what's wound a little tighter than his tights. And you know you leave this place and you go out there and you think, wow. I'm going to go share Jesus. Not, don't, don't go share angry Jesus with people. Will you please stop it? Angry Jesus. Just walking around. I mean, I'm glad you are not the one that wrote all those carols, okay? Long lay the world in sin and error pining. That's why you're going to burn. <laughs> when you find Jesus, you find joy. Listen. Yes, there's plenty of broken stuff in the world. You're, caused, you're called to fix it joyously. Joyously. And I know some of you are thinking, well, pff, had I been a guy who saw a star and I made my way to, to Bethlehem, you know, 2,000 years ago, I would, have been, I would have been filled with joy had I been there in that moment and seen Jesus run around as a toddler. I just want to let you know, if you follow the signs to Jesus, you can experience that kind of joy today. You... you that's what, that's what the scripture says. 
1 Peter 1, 6, it says, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you, you've been grieved by various trials. He's saying, listen, you're going through some stuff. There's some grievances that come. In, that come. He says, but there, here's the reason. That the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it's tested by fire, may be found to praise and honor and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, listen to this, you love. Though you do not see him yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Listen, if you're saved, you ought to have joy. You ought to have joy. And if you follow the signs that lead to Jesus, listen, allow him, allow him to take the depression, the anger, the bitterness. Allow him to take it. It's so good to know that when you find Jesus, you find joy. I, I, I think sometimes we ought to just mix in these Christmas carols from time to time as reminders throughout the year. Joy to the world. By the way, this, won't, this will not make it on your favorite news network. It's not going to make it. Why? They got to keep you angry to keep you watching. They're not, they're not saying, hey, folks, come on, lift up your countenance. Isaac Watts had it right when he said, joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. And heaven and nature sing. There is a joy that is supposed to be exploding from the hearts of the redeemed that break out in spontaneous song. It's the one thing the big elf got right. The quickest way to spread Christmas cheer is... Now listen, okay. <laughs> Don't any of you ever tell me you can't memorize the Bible. <sighs> You're quoting Will Ferrell from 20 years ago. I'm saying that when you encounter Jesus, there ought to be a joy. It's inexpressible. It's uncontainable. That when you're redeemed and you're washed and you're cleansed and you're brought into the family of God, there's joy. <laughs> Glory to God. I want to tell you when you find the end of those signs and you're finding Jesus. You do find joy. I want to give you this other one, though. It's not just joy of, wow! This is like a, a scavenger hunt, a, a spiritual scavenger hunt, and I, I found what I was looking for. No, no, no. Now that you find the one that you're looking for, then there is a right response. So when you find or follow the signs, you actually find the one to worship. 
find real worship. I love that these wise men, by the way, these wise men, they're just not like average guys working and growing and doing all the rest. These wise men were able to put their entire lives on hold for months to pursue the end of the signs of finding Jesus. It carried them through the courts of kings and government, and now they find themselves in in this moment at a house where the Savior of the world is. And notice What they did upon finding the child, this is what it says, they worshipped. When they saw the child with his mother Mary, they bowed down and worshipped. I actually believe this is the part where the church man sometimes gets wrapped up, pardon the pun, in the cultural Christmas. We get wrapped up in worshiping all the wrong things. You see, worship in simplicity by definition really means that to which you attribute value. Here the word in Greek, it's a little more deep than that. It's this word proskunio, it's an amazing word. I think the closest thing in our culture would be blowing a kiss. It means to kiss toward. But it also means that that you and I, me having audience with you, makes even the ground between us holy. It makes even the ground between us. And it means like I bow down and I kiss the ground. You see, everything in our culture is trying to get us to bow down to the next product, the next sensation, the next fulfilling thing that we think will bring us satisfaction. They say, just bow down right here. Throw the value of your life toward this thing or this trip or this possession. If you'll throw value toward this, then you'll find what really satisfies. And truth be told, many people have pursued those things in our cultural Christmas and have pierced themselves through with many sorrows. You see, when you follow the signs that God gives, you find Jesus and then you finally find the one worthy of real worship. When you have audience with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, you're like, I am sharing space with the one and only Son of God. I'm sharing space. Even the ground between us is holy. Even this space is worth something. That's why when, what, what we do here on a Sunday morning, we don't sing songs. We have worship services. Why? Because we value the moments the presence of God comes. And corporately we say, oh, this is worth the time and the effort and being in the house of God. This is worth being around you. Why? Because you're the one worthy of worship. Now, while these magi probably knew the, pro- the prophecy from Balaam, I'm not sure that they knew the prophecies from Isaiah. Isaiah 7:14, saying that, that Jesus would be born of a virgin. 
I'm not sure that they knew what, a, what Isaiah would later pen just a couple of chapters later in Isaiah chapter 9 that gives to the believer, the follower of Jesus, the one who followed the signs the Spirit gives, gives us more reason to worship Him. Isaiah 9, 6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon His shoulder. Aren't you looking forward to that day? And His name will be called, listen, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end and upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward even forever the, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this he's saying listen when you follow the signs and you find the one worthy of worship you're going to find out some things about him. This is what Isaiah is saying 700 years before he would come. You will find out that he is wonderful. Oh, come on, not enough amens on the wonderful part. He is wonderful. Jesus is wonderful. He is wonderful. He is wonderful. And when you don't know where to go or how to think or if you're going to make it, man, you find out that he is counselor. Man, he's the one that gives you all wisdom and he gives it to you liberally and gives it without reproach. You'll find out that he is mighty God. God. Yes, Emmanuel, God with us. He is mighty God. And when you call on him, he answers in power. He's everlasting father. And when your soul is in the stormy waters of life, oh, it's good to know you worship the prince of peace. If you follow the signs, you'll follow them and they'll lead to Jesus. And this is what you find there when you surrender. I love this next idea about following the signs. These men followed the signs and they found real treasure. If you think about this, they're trade routes of this day as these men were traveling some nine months are filled with robbers and thieves all kinds of dangers and yet the sign was greater than the risk and so what did they do they took with them gold they took with them frankincense and they took with them myrrh, listen, not because they wanted to tell Jesus a story about who they were. You see, in, in Eastern cultures, even to this day, if you are going to have an audience with a king, you never come empty-handed. Even when you go to Africa and you stand before those who are chiefs over tribes, you do not go without a gift. And here these men bring gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Why? Not to tell their story, but
but to declare who he is. You see, the, the gift of gold, it declares something about Jesus. It says, Jesus is king. When you bring gold, that's the gift of royalty. That's the gift you give to royalty. It is saying, Jesus is king. A child. The frankincense, very unique. Frankincense was necessary for the worship of God. It was actually one of the, the, the aromatics that is included in the anointing oil. And only the priest could do. You weren't even allowed to make this oil outside of pure worship to God. And frankincense is one of the ingredients in that oil. So when they came with frankincense, they were saying, listen to me carefully, you are God. You are God in the flesh. That's what they were saying. And then myrrh, this is, this is so wild. That these men outside of covenant would know this. They bring myrrh. Why? Myrrh within scripture is symbolic of suffering. And giving him myrrh was the idea that you've been sent to not just suffer, but to be an answer for our suffering. I want to tell you today, these treasures, they send a personal message today that reveal the way today to the ultimate gift, Jesus. We need a church that still carries gold out in the world that says, God, you're king of kings, you're lord of lords, you're the one decreeing and directing my life. But you're not any normal king. You are who the scriptures say you are. You're Emmanuel, God with us. And you came to bear our burden. To take our suffering. Listen carefully, church. I think sometimes we, as the church, when we find Jesus, we're we're quick to say, "Wow, I really would embrace that joy." God, I am I am quick to say, "Yes, yes, yes, you are God." But then somehow, in the midst of our redemption process, we hang on to our suffering like it's a badge of honor. Like, we got to keep bringing up the stuff that we went through before Christ. We got to keep bringing up the hard time. We got to keep bringing up how I was brought up and how I went through this and how I went through this. Listen, all of that is a part. It's supposed to be a part of your redemption story. All of that is supposed to be a part of the gift you bring to Jesus. I'm bringing you my brokenness, my addiction, my sin, my, my, my the things that I craved outside of Jesus. I bring you that and it's yours because you suffered for it, paid for it. Just in case you're wondering, it's not regular hands that are asking for your suffering here, your sin suffering today. 
It's nail-pierced hands. And those nail prints in those hands are the receipts that say, I paid for it. Just give it to me. Just give it to me. You know, some 150 foster kids were here Friday night. Had a lot of fun with them. I like to have fun with kids. But, you know, some of the most joyous things that I got to do wasn't necessarily just from the stage and the telling of the Christmas story, right? I got to go around all night and just proclaim Jesus and let them know. This is one message I had, like, out in the parking lot all night. I'm just going to tell you that I think you're powerful. I think your life can make a difference. And they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah. I said, I'll prove it to you. I'll prove it to you. Hannah, you, you want to help me today? Perfect. <laughs> Thank you. All I need is a high five. Come on, you got a high five, right? Yep, you have five. All right. Are you ready? No, 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 no. I need, I, need, I need with some force. I need you to take that power that is in you and just, just release it in a big way. Come on. See? That's what I'm saying. I told you. You're powerful. Powerful. <laughs> Mom says, I want one of those. And then, listen, I won't be able to sleep unless you're powerful enough to get this blinking light off of my shirt. So let's try this one more time. Come on, come on, come on. No, 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 no. You're way more powerful than that. Come on, one more time, one more time. Oh, yes, yes, and there you go. Yeah. And so, listen. I, I just, <laughs> you know, sometimes the message that you carry is this one that says, you know, if you meet Jesus, your life is going to be way more influential than you know. And, and the ones that you come into contact with will be the ones that are touched by that power. Early this morning, the Lord was talking to me about this day. And we prayed this prayer from Acts 3 in this place. And this is what, I mean, it just leapt off the page to me this morning. The words that Peter and John, when they were on their way to worship, they were on their way to a prayer service. There was this lame man who needed power, who needed someone to be a sign that Jesus had come, and they needed that one. And, and that guy was just looking for something to help him to get through the day. I just need a little money. He's begging alms, and I love what he said that day. He said, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, I give to you. And he says, rise and walk in the name of Jesus. Now, while those words teach us how to pray and how to believe for healing, it's what happens next. It says, and he reached down 
And he took the lame man by the hand. And there was something in the touch of the one who had followed the signs to Jesus. There was something in the touch that said, and suddenly strength came to his ankles, to his legs, to his feet, and to his bones. There was something in the touch of those who had followed the signs that caused a man who had been lame for decades to suddenly spring to their feet. Listen, I want to encourage you, church, that in life on your way, following the signs to worship the one worthy of worship, dare to be the one that has allowed their lives to be utterly transformed so that when there are those who are looking for a sign, God, are you there? God, do you see me? Can I just make it through one more day that you can say, listen, I don't have what it takes to meet your every day need, but what I do have will meet an eternal need and reach down as one who has found the ultimate gift and watch the power of God surge into the broken that causes them to lame, to leap like a deer. That's our calling. Follow the signs, church, and when you do, you'll find Jesus and find the ones he wants to find.